Hello and welcome to another episode of I Daily Speaks. I'm I Daily Harrison, husband, father of two, senior partner of education with over 20 years teaching and leading in public, private, international schools. And so the yips, I want to get to it. Like I was just really thinking about uh, Simone Biles and um, uh, Naomi Osaka and them choosing for their own mental health, their own mental wellness to uh, step back, to pause. And I remember just there was a, a former gymnast speaking, I think pre-Olympics or something or during the Olympics and saying how, you know, when you, when you get the yips, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to, to focus when you, and, and, and I equated that to, and she probably was saying this was this, like, when you begin to doubt or have less confidence in your ability to do something that is essentially unhumanly, right? Or essentially a very small group of people have ever on the planet ever pushed themselves to do it. When you, your confidence is knocked, it, 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 it then brings, it makes space for doubt, confusion, or another word might be uncertainty. And I just remember, like, that shit is real, you know, because, you know, so I, if those of you don't know, so I played, you know, football through middle school, high school, walked on to Howard University, the varsity team, um, earned a scholarship after my first year. So I walk on, turned scholarship athlete. So I played for four and a half years for Howard University, started uh, consistently two of them. So I'm a D1 athlete, right? And so all of my conditioning my mind training through sports was about building confidence, right? Putting coaches and individuals, putting themselves, me, putting myself into very challenging positions so that, good morning, so that I, I would have a sense of confidence. My body would have muscle memory. My mind would have a memory of that I can do this, right? So this is why when, you know, at the beginning of the football season, we train twice a day. We go to two-a-days. Prior to that, we have uh, sprints, conditioning, plyometrics. All these things are about conditioning the body to do. I play football to do something that is unhumanly, right? <laughs> like, it's to run into to people, to push them around. So I played offensive guard and center in college, but then I also played both offense and defense in high school. It takes a lot. It takes, I remember as a high school athlete in football, before we went out on the game, on, on the on this pitch or the grass, however people say, listen to me, all international and cultured onto the pitch. No, but soon we went out onto the football field just before, you know, the big run out, you know, music's playing and they do the announcements and the guys come out of the tunnel. We would say this saying, and it went like this, I believe that O'Day, which was my school, I believe that O'Day will be successful if I, if I, if I do my job, do my job, let's do it, right? And that's a, that's a milder verse, but we, we would, that, that would throw us into a freaking frenzy, right? Because it, it, it's, you know, at a home game, you know, it's 80 to 90 dudes in that room with coaches, grown-ass men yelling like, this thing to get us jacked up, right? And, and it's, you know, but part of that chant, 
is about getting your mind together. I'm here to do a job, right? My job as a foot was to, to, to do my individual work. So if I do my job, we are all going to be successful. But if there's ever a level of space for you where your confidence is reduced, there's some challenges that you have, it's, it's unnerving, really unnerving. And people don't really talk about that. And, and I think it gets swept into mental health, whatever you might want to say. But it's hard to focus. It's hard to concentrate. And it's hard to push yourself to do something that is unhumanly. And so my wife and I were talking last night, like about Simone Biles. Like, she's, she's invented on the books, I think, at least three or four moves that no one has ever done before in competition. And I think they said some don't even attempt. And I'm sure she's got, like any other music artist, she's probably got six to ten other moves that she's work that she was working on that no one has ever seen and done. It takes a certain level of insanity, craziness. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, insanity, craziness, like just. <sighs> Like it, it, it takes a lot to be able to push your body to its ultimate end and do something that you've never seen an example done before. And if you're losing or your confidence, your inability, like for Simone Biles, she could kill herself. Literally at worst. I mean, at best, uh, 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 damage a body part. But at best, or at worst, kill herself, break her neck, break her spine, do something because she's contorting her body in a crazy way. So this, you know, it's, 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 I think it's so interesting to see people's reaction. And many times in sports, this, you know, especially from fans, this perceived or perception of ownership, right? We are here to support you. You are here to entertain us. You must go forward and entertain us. If you don't, then you're no good to us. It's this, you know, people talked about it quite a bit, this cancel culture. But to the athlete, one, it's the scariest thing in the world when you have doubt in your mind. Think of it like this. Let's say you're not an athlete, right? But we think about, I know for me, in a more simpler way, man... I used to, when I was younger, ride a bike. When we had, our neighborhood, we were, I was, I lived down a dead end street so we could ride safely, whatever. But when we used to ride the streets outside the neighborhood, across from the park, there was a main thoroughfare there. Two lane roadway, and it was inclined. So folks were flying down and flying up because there wasn't any, it was between two arterials, right? And there's about, I would say, 10 blocks and a park between those arterials, not 10 blocks. Yeah, what? Well, yeah. Anyway, several blocks and a park between the two arterials. So this this main throughway was a main way to get between them. So cars would fly. No stop signs, no nothing, right? You would have crosswalks and things like that, some flashes, but nothing that said you had to stop, required you to stop. So cars would just fly. Well, part of the neighborhood was we, you know, one of the houses on the corner of, of this street had a large retaining wall. This retaining wall made it impossible to see 
cars coming. Like you had to walk up and cross the retaining wall to be able to see three feet, you know, to get some space to be able to look up the road, see if any cars coming. Me and my dumbass friends, and I say dumbass, gullible, naive, whatever, confident, whatever you want to say it. Like we were, we were dripping in certainty that we were okay. What we would do is we said, okay, we'd be, we, it, it was a slight decline to the intersection that crossed this thoroughfare, right? Cars buzzing, pass. We said, if we line ourselves back up far enough, right, on the street, and pedal, as you know, stand up pedaling. I'm doing this motion where you, you know, your your arms are kind of close to your chest, and you're, you know, you got the two handlebars, and you, you're just pedaling on our dirt bikes, right? You can get through the intersection, no problem. So what we do? That's what we did. That's what we did. We push it. We ride our bikes about halfway up the block, maybe a little bit more if you're if you want to get a lot of a lot of speed. Ride down this incline and blindly hit this corner and go straight through that goddamn intersection. Straight through the intersection. And I don't even know if the word is hope, but, but it was hope we would, I don't even think it came through our mind, this idea of getting hit, right? And, we, and I gotta tell you, so this was back, what, shoot. I was born in 78, so probably 10 years old. So 88, 90, something like that whatever, you know, out running the streets like kids used to do in the 80s and 90s, right? Late 80s and 90s, how kids used to do. No helmet at all. We didn't even think about helmets. Like I probably, you know, I probably, one of the friends maybe had a helmet, maybe, but it wasn't like nowadays where I get, you know, where kids are learning they have a helmet on. No, that, that wasn't the case. Hit this corner blazing through it. And by the grace of God, I'm standing here, what, 30 something years later, <laughs> alive you better believe I couldn't do that these days because I what's crept into my mind is I lived a lot more right I've seen a lot more and I've heard a lot more and that's dangerous that wasn't the smartest thing to do and so for me I got the yips I ain't doing that it's crept in a, like a confidence to ride my bike through a fast intersection because in my head, I'm thinking about uh, the, the potential negative outcome. It's the same thing for athletes. When, 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 that, when, when that space of doubt creeps in, right? Performing at the most ultimate highest level, you, it's dangerous now. Because you begin to question your own ability. You're seeing outcomes, you're thinking, you're actually seeing my body could get hurt. So this is why they say like sports, athletes, it's 90% mental, 10% physical. And I think it's 100, 100, right? You gotta bring 100% physical, right? And then also 100% mental, they, they go with that. But if your mental is off, if Simone Biles is off, just by an inch, she could break her neck. And she knows that. But all of her conditioning, all of her work, and I'm sure she speaks to sports psychologists all the time, 
like to work through that pressure and to keep all to, to and one thing we talk about a lot of times in sports on, on, on all levels with youth sports is focus, right? That hundred percent, you know, LeBron James says it um, all the time. He said he, he said it on, on his podcast, I mean not his podcast, his show the shop. He said to lock in, right? It's the ability to be able to lock in in that particular moment and perform consistently. Good morning. That's what they can do is lock in. And he and Draymond Green on one episode were talking about, I can't trust you if you can't lock in. And that's the, that's the difference between really good athletes, great athletes, and then legends. Can you lock in? Draymond Green is a two-time champion. LeBron James is a four-time champion. And they're saying, if I can't trust you to lock in, or excuse me, I can't trust if you can't lock in, that's, then, then, then you ain't going to be on the court with me. And that ability to, to, to that's, it's that locking in, that man, sometimes, it's hard. One, it's hard to train yourself to get to a place where you can lock in, right? That takes a lot to be able to get there. But then your ability to lock in if it is lessened at such a high level, it can be catastrophic. Maybe for, what's her name? Uh, Naomi Osaka, sport is, I mean, tennis is less dangerous than gymnastics, any, not any less athletic. It's less dangerous. But if you can't lock in, that's a sport of inches as well. That's a sport of timing, of angles, and all those other types of things. You get embarrassed out there. And I got to tell you, as a when, when I co so as an as a young athlete, I kind of knew when I could lock in, right? And as I went through college, I, I realized like, oh, okay, this is how you lock in. This is my routine. This is also why we have a bunch of routines. The routines and traditions and habits are what are what allow us to like help us lock in, right? When I got into coaching, I could when I was around when I coached high school football and girls basketball, I was around the sport so long. And the, the kids so long, I could tell when they're locked in and when they're not. I could tell when they were going to have a good game. I could just see because it's like you just around them enough. You can you, you, you can interpret their energy and what's happening. No matter what they say, you could tell from them. And when they're not doing that, that means, oh, well, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to get today. Coaches have sat in office and said all the time. I've sat with coaches from across the country and the globe when I coach. I don't know what we're going to get today. Depends on if they're going to lock in. And that's so hard. And I, and I believe a lot of people who support athletes who go out to cheer at games, at some point in time, they did play sports. They enjoyed it. They grew a love for it. Whether they were good or not, they drew a love for it. Right? And I guarantee that they were coached. If I talk to Farlone Toussaint, who's um, now uh, who's, who's working with the Center for Healing and Justice uh, through sport in, based in Chicago, I guarantee if I talk to her, like a lot of coaches talk about this, locking in and helping athletes to be able to do that, right? But if they can't, we don't know what we're going to get. And so that's what's taught when you're young. So I know people have exposure to that. Even as a parent, I say focus to my daughter all the time. Let's focus. All right, let's concentrate. 
But for some reason, when someone gets to, not for some reason, when people get to this pro status, they've done it so consistently. They've won our hearts because of their ability to perform in the most stressful, tenuous, most critical times. Good morning, Mr. Patel. You know, the most difficult times. And we've expressed, we've gone with them on this emotional journey that we forget that that ability isn't automatic. There's a lot to it and it can come as quick. It can come so quick that you lose that ability to lock in. And so all of these things, like even even with, you know, Shikari, right? Shikari Richardson, and she just ran in the Prefontaine and, and, and man, like her, like there, there, there is a rhythm and a routine that was disrupted, dismantled, whatever you want to say between her qualifications at the U.S. Olympic trials and, you know, unfortunately being, being testing positive for, for illegal substances in her system, sitting out the Olympics that whole month or two months, however long she was doing that, then back to the Prefontaine to not run well. She still ran fast. And I think someone said she was 0.3 slower than everybody else. Now, we know 0.3 is a lifetime in sprinting, but still performing at a high level. But again, it's that inability to lock in because life gets in the freaking way. And then we rake them over the coals because we got so much heart, so much passion, so much excitement for them. Right. We believe in them like our whole lives are built around them winning, because if they win, then I feel good. And I go to work the next day and I and I'm able to lay with my partner. I'm able to play with my kids and find this great joy I, because we have we are ex, our, our our sources of happiness have been built up around something external, seeing my team succeed, seeing my athletes succeed, seeing the USA, you know, USA, <laughs> you, the U.S. athletes succeed, right? We, we talk it like, you know, NBC and all the networks and the, it's all about building up hope, right? Oh my gosh, the hope for this, the hope for that. And, and, and we lean on sport to, to, to support us, to give us we, we lean on sport to, to you know, as a, as a way to, 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 to lean on it as a, as a crutch. We, we need it in this time. This is why, you know, you know we can, sports can, can flip around, you know, uh, 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 a high school team, a, a whole community of school, a, a, a whole city, right? A whole state, a whole country. It can, it can just, it can, some people say it's a distraction, all these other types that we put so much emotion and so much of our own personal mental wellness based upon an athlete or a team of athletes doing well, that when they don't, we blame them. And so the question is this, and, and I'm just, I'm just getting, the question is this, is who has the mental health challenge or the mental wellness challenge? If I'm, if I have to demonize somebody because one, they didn't perform at the level that I expected them to perform at, or two, they chose not to perform. I demonize them. I destroy them. That to me is a sign of a lack of mental wellness. 
We live in a capitalistic society. We live in a society that's built on the ideology of white supremacy, so white dominant culture. And we talk about production, 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 performance, production, performance, no excuses, all these other types of things, meritocracy, bootstrap theory, all of this stuff, right? It's this mental conditioning that prepares us for this large fall, this large letdown. And then we destroy people on, along the way when they are, when one, and we, 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 we have an inability to see that they are human beings, exceptional human beings, and struggle. But I guarantee those athletes, Shakari, Shakari, Naomi, and Simone, they aren't any less people. They haven't forgotten, they, 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 they still have achieved what they could only achieve in their sport, they and maybe like 10 other people possibly on this planet can achieve so we still got to give them their flowers and we still got to send them love and light and we still got to encourage them we can still hold them to the fire man i wish you would have performed better man i saw that race with Chicago. i was like oh my gosh sister girl okay but listen she put more pressure on herself i don't care what she said afterwards she got more pressure on herself now than anybody else why well, i need to now say something as joe schmo in atlanta georgia we ain't ran 100 yards in 10 years. Well, I got to say, even if I was somebody who was accomplished, a talking head, sports radio, whatever, ESPN commentary, maybe I am a Hall of Fame champion, maybe I am a Hall of Fame football player. What well, I got to say about this? If anything else, you should be the one to understand why it's so difficult in that position and offer up nothing but prayers for, that, for those athletes who go through that struggle, who are trying to battle it. Yeah, you might not have experienced it, but I guarantee on the level that they experienced, but I guarantee you had the yips too. You wasn't always so confident. Someone had to hold you up. Someone might have raked you through the coals when you didn't catch the ball, when you didn't run the pass, when you didn't make the basket. Oh, how soon we forget. Oh, how soon we forget. The yips come. It's just, man, you in this sport, you in anything, it's going to come. The light, that moment where there's a door open and there's a chance for your confidence to de decrease, to be let out of your balloon, they come. The, and, 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 and you work to get it, but it, you work to prevent it or to recover from it, to rebound from it, but it comes. So, Shakari, Naomi, Simone, and all the other athletes sending you lots of love and light this too shall pass. It might open the door to a new you. You can see it that way. I'm not a motivational speaker. It can open up a, do a new door to you, a new understanding of who you are. So take this time to get you right. And to the fans, be quiet. Unless, as my mom said, if you ain't got nothing positive to say, don't say anything at all. I'm Ayadeli. This is Ayadeli Speaks. I'm out.